Welcome to the Analytics of Dynasty podcast. I'm your host, Jordan McNamara. This is a 30-minute trade show that I did with Anthony Carente of Dynasty Drive. Uh, he came over. We did some discussions about uh, free agent and trade-moving players primarily. Uh, so a lot of focus on Juju, uh, Tyreek Hill, uh, some Deshaun Watson stuff as well. Uh, we also delve into some rookies, a whole bunch of collateral uh, players to our main discussion. So we covered a lot of ground. And this is a, uh, a, a podcast that I put out each week uh, on Thursdays focusing on trades uh, as part of the subscription to analyticsdynasty.com. Um, and when I have guests on, I usually put it as a, as a podcast to... Uh, the subscribers, and also put it out to um, on the, the main analytics and dynasty feed so give you a preview of some of the content that we have over there. Um, all these trades that we discuss are pulled from the analytics dynasty trade database. Uh, we have uh, over 6,000 uh, dynasty leagues fueling our uh, database and a whole variety of different um, uh, formats and 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 the like that you can search you can search players multiple players which is great to see if hey what's the last time that um deshaun watson and Dak prescott were in a deal together what what does that look like you can go search it and and find individual stuff there so um as well as all the podcasts 388 podcasts last year uh, right now we're covering uh, you know some of the leftover stuff from free agency as well as covering uh, all your rookie draft content our sunday strategy sessions and the like as we sort of get into startup draft season as well so um, if you're interested go over check out analyticsdynasty.com uh, you can check out the link in the show notes and if you haven't already done so, check out the 2022 edition of the Analytics Dynasty. It'll get you a jump start on your startup drafts, your any rebuild situations you have going on, uh, and your rookie drafts. It'll get you prepped for rookie drafts. Now is the time to prep in theory for rookie drafts and have all the theory in place. So that way when you go into your rookie drafts, you will be prepped, ready to go, and, and thinking clearly in terms of the decisions that you want to make late March into early April, mid-April even, this is the time to sort of get that all anchored down, get ready to go. And then once the draft happens and you uh, get the, the information that you have to update your players on and think about what their profiles now reflect, the, the preparation that you do in early April will allow you to make those decisions best when you are on the clock. So go ahead and check all that out, analyticsdynasty.com. Get the 2022 edition of the Analytics Dynasty um, and become a subscriber, and you will get all this content. Join our group, me, as well. You can find a link for that in the show notes. So enjoy this free preview, and until next time, continue to raise the variance. We'll talk again very soon. Welcome to the Analytics Dynasty Daily Podcast. I'm your host, Jordan McNamara. We have a Thursday trade edition. Anthony Carenti here. I was on his pod last week, Dynasty Drives. So go ahead and check that out. Or two weeks ago now, a um, couple weeks ago, I don't know, sometime earlier this month. It's been a it's been a 9,466-day month. So, um, so, Anthony, thanks for joining us. Um, uh, so let's talk some different player values in terms of guys who have changed teams. And I was particularly excited today because I saw uh, Mike Clay issued his first set of, of ESPN issued his first set of projections. And he goes through, it's a big, like 66 page PDF. It's like a nerd junkies, like March fantasy. And, uh, and so uh, the first person I flipped to is Juju Smith-Schuster because I wanted to see sort of what he projected for targets and, and, a, and a thing. So I'm fascinated by his valuation right now. 
Um, so let's just start with Juju Smith-Schuster for a 2023 second. What's your thoughts? It's a, these are all super flex trades, by the way. Juju Smith-Schuster for a 2023 second. I pro just like any random 2023 second. Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, I'll take Juju. Okay. I think Juju, I don't know. I think he's kind of been unfairly left for dead the last couple seasons based on pretty horrific quarterback play. And uh, I know that, honestly, I was probably more excited across from Tyreek than post Tyreek. Um, but I still think at least you, we haven't seen him be the guy that excelled once he got all the volume and the first guy left, like when Antonio Brown left Pittsburgh. But that also wasn't with Patrick Mahomes. So that matters right. a little bit more for me now. So I'll take Juju. Right. There's this question out there that fascinates me that, and, and I sort of understand the, I guess I understand the premise of it. That is Juju Smith-Schuster that good. Um, and my, like my retort and, and the, I guess the one aspect of this is like, Hey, you know, they had great weapons and he basically was, you know, essentially, you know, the other guy and what was a, an offense that basically tilted heavily towards AB and opened up all the spot for him, you know, and he does a lot of slot stuff and he's got limitations. He's not a true alpha one, yada, yada, yada. I guess my retort to that would be like, he was good from at 17 years old in a power five conference. Right. I mean, yeah. like sometimes we, we can like, we can do this to ourselves and be like, well, is Juju really even that good? It'd be like, yeah, like he is right. I mean, like his, his limitation was like the reason he went in the second round was because he wasn't an elite athlete, but it wasn't, it had nothing to do with any other part about his resume, but for basically that, which is, uh, you know, it's been basically a tough 24 months for him. And I think we sort of, like you said, I think he's been left for dead. Um, it's fascinating because this one, there's some other ones in here we'll, we'll talk about, but this one feels like pure upside. Like uh, there's, there's minimal risk in doing this. You're getting mm -hmm. attached to Mahomes, And if, the, if it goes right, can go really right. So yeah. Um, and I love those types of bets. All right. Some more complicated ones in two PPR. Well, let me let's in two PPR uh, Juju Smith Schuster and Irv Smith for one Oh two. Again, this is super flex. So you're looking at, at one of the top couple of rookies in this class, depending on how you order it. Yeah. I'll take the one Oh two in that one Two one Oh two is hard for me to pass up, especially in super flex, because even though I'm not the, like the world's biggest Malik Willis guy, in Superflex, I totally understand him as a top two pick. Mm -hmm. I love Garrett Wilson too, though. Like I'd probably take Garrett Wilson straight up over Juju. Okay. Um, so that'd be my next highest guy that I like it top two in those order, like whether the quarterback need or you just want the value or not. But yeah, Garrett Wilson would be my second guy, and I would take him straight up over Juju Smith Schuster. Um, so you so you would take Garrett Wilson as he would be your second after Brees Hall in terms of like actual rookies. So non, we'll just set quarterbacks aside for a second. He would be your second non, uh, non quarterback rookie. Is that he right? He would be, if we're going just strictly how I have sure. it graded. Yeah. He would be my first non quarterback rookie. He would be ahead of hall. Okay. Yes. Right. Yes. Okay. Um, so I have, I have an admission that I have to make and, and, um, <laughs> my subscribers know this, um, but I am notoriously late to the rookie party okay. uh, because I tend to deval. I've like, as we've gone along in the AOD journey, I've devalued rookies more and more in my process. So, so I indicate that with the disdain of which I treat Mark and April. <laughs> <laughs> so, it's been a little bit of a gag. Um, 
so uh, we're getting through we're, we're we're through the running backs and quarterbacks will end up going last and then we'll you know they're, they're fortunately there doesn't tend to be a ton of tight ends but then we just sort of batch you know i, I just go through a whole batch of of rookies and basically the month of late march and, and early april uh in uh, basically the entirety of april i say that for the purposes of this where does the market view garrett wilson like in terms of like whether it's rookie drafts, like whether it's mocks, whether it's, um, you know, I just haven't studied the, the wide receivers in any sort of depth. So I don't know where the market is actually feeling on these guys in terms of the ordering of them. I know the general consensus of sort of how the class is treated, but not the specific order of them. Are you alone in Garrett Wilson being that high or is it? I don't think I'm alone. I think it's has swung back this way, like okay. in the last like three, four weeks, especially because pre combine, there was like that groundswell of, you know, Traylon Burks is the one Oh one or Traylon Burks is the best player outside of any quarterback need, you know, setting quarterback aside again. Sure. And then I think uh, people probably overreacted to the combine a little bit like Traylon Burks. Yeah. No, never. (laughs) Um, But honestly, like what Traylon Burks did at the combine didn't really change a whole lot for me. That being said, I think I was a little bit lower than consensus at that point. So they've kind of, I think, both found, like, found the level. Um, like I had Garrett Wilson higher than those guys to begin with, but the top four guys I think are all graded so close that it's almost like, you know, pick your flavor and to take what you like. But I think it started to kind of shift back now to Garrett Wilson as like a top two option at wide receiver. Okay. All right. Fair. Fair. Um, uh, and I, I like, I love it because there's a big grouping of it. So it kind of ends yeah. up becoming like, I don't know if I can really pick the order of these guys. I'll just take wide receiver five. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like it ends up being like a very much of that. So that's, we joked, okay. with, we joked with somebody else that it's, it's almost a year where like, I guess take the top, like four or five picks. Like you said, it's almost right. like, ah, I'd kind of rather someone have the one Oh one this year yeah, like, and just make that decision for me where I can kind of settle in on my own. Right. Yeah. And if, if Hall's a first round, I mean, it's, I treat it like very, very differently. Yes. Uh, whereas like, but if you're going to get like a batch of, you know, if he's a second rounder, like, the, you know, there's, that's probably weighted ahead of the, the, the receivers for a variety of reasons. But anyways, you sort of go from there and you're like, all right, once you start just looking at the receivers, you're like, all right, there's like, this is going to be five, I, I don't know, whatever, five and a half, I think is the line that I most recently saw of receivers in the first round. Like if that's going to be the number, like this is going to be a great class. Cause I'm yeah. going to be able to trade down. Someone's going to probably want, you know, this is, this is exciting. Cause this is a class that I can exploit. So, um, cause I just, yeah, I won't even end up caring. So it'll be interesting to see the, the ordering of these is, is more of the bigger point. All right. Sure. So now we get, so we've got the two extremes on Juju. Let's set out a little bit of a, of a middle ground here. Uh, Juju and Drew Locke and a 2023 third for a 2023 first. Again, this is super flex. These are all super flex. That one. Okay. Drew Locke. This might be harsh, but like, I just, I don't really care. Okay. <laughs> like Fair. It's Fair. fine in the short term, I guess, if you're super desperate and super flex, but even still like, I would rather be planning for life after Drew Locke than relying on Drew Locke. So I almost look at it like Juju and the third for a 2023 first. Um, and I would take the 2023 first um, just based on the expectation that 2023 looks 
even better than 2022. And I think mm-hmm. 2022's draft class got knocked a little unfairly for a while, like because it wasn't 2023. We should get sure. a good, good group next year. Um, and I like Juju a lot, but I'll take the 2023 one. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm with you on that primarily because I think Juju is, um, I don't know, not replaceable is probably not the right word, but you can replicate mm-hmm. what he can do. Um, in a variety of different ways that'll probably cost you less than the first, you know, and it's one of those things like if Juju's wide receiver 14 through 10 weeks and it's the trade deadline, um, I probably still don't have to pay more than that 2023 first for him, right? Like if I, if I want to make that bet, I can make that bet probably at a cost that's not much more than this, um, which is kind of you know and then you kind of know and you've taken some of the risk out of it so i think it's it's the whole juju at this point is basically all the risk and um and i think they'll probably draft someone too but even that i'm not super super concerned about again i like juju i just i don't think that this is one that necessarily gets away from you if you don't do it right now um all right so then now we've got the you mentioned him before um and this is uh well actually let's do one more juju one because i think this is interesting um So we've basically done sort of all of them. Well, let's use them as a pivot piece. So Juju Smith-Schuster, Kirk Cousins in 203 for Stafford and Tyler Boyd. And I I view this one as like you're kind of moving up the quarterback pecking order. And how does Juju the pick and Tyler Boyd sort of fit together and all that? This one, I will take the Juju side. I'll take take Juju, Kirk Cousins, and the 203 for Stafford. I'll take that side over Stafford and Boyd. Okay. All right. Are you a, um, are you a cousins guy? I think like by default, like, I don't want to like champion that flag. Like he's not my guy or anything, mm-hmm. but I think he's way more valuable in Superflex than he gets credit for. Like he gets lumped in with these or drafted like this guy, like a back end quarterback too, for the last couple of years. And every year it's, you know, fringe quarterback one numbers. It feels like um attached to a guy like jefferson like it's not gonna feel great to pivot Mm -hmm. from matt stafford to kirk cousins but i'll take the pick and juju over tyler boyd who i think is fine like i don't Mm -hmm. think tyler Mm -hmm. boyd's bad or anything i think he's a great you know fit for that offense and fits in nicely with higgins and jamar chase but for the difference between him and juju i would probably take juju anyway so throw Mm -hmm. in the pick on top and yeah that's that's the sweetener i need Interesting because I like I find Stafford to be of all the people that I have on my fantasy teams, I find Stafford to be the hardest one to trade or to involve in a trade because I am um, as high as you could possibly be on him. And and this is even worse because I like I like Juju a lot and I like Cousins a lot. So this trade's Mm -hmm. like pulling teeth for me because you're like, oh, okay, I'm trading basically between all my guys. I just look at Stafford and I was like, the floor is so high. And I don't know, like I actually did this the other day. I looked through a list of guys that um, uh, you just looked at like the top 12 quarterbacks from last year. And you look at the guys who basically have their situation, who who basically didn't lose a, um, you know, like they're one of their two best weapons. And, and Stafford actually did, but I think replaced him with a, an equal talent in Robinson. Um, or lost like a, a play caller. So it was like, or had a change in play caller, right? And it's a very small list. Like it was Stafford, um, you know, assuming we count Stafford, it was like Stafford and like two or three other guys. And that just sort of, sp- and on top of the fact that, you know, we see the proof of concept, we see a top six finish. 
we see all these things with with the Rams, and it's like I don't know how like if there's if there's like six guys that I trust more than Stafford and Superflex, I I don't think the number's bigger than that. And like, I know that might sound crazy to maybe people that listen to this, that, that don't subscribe to AOD, but um, like I have, I have him in literally a group of supermax guys with, with Mahomes, uh, Allen, Herbert, Dak, Deshaun, and, and Stafford, it's those six. And then it's a, it's a tear break in terms of both security, in terms of both all of the stuff, like the, the resume on Stafford is like such high floor um, and high ceiling at this point. Like it's tough. Like I, and I like cousins, right? So like, I'm talking myself mm-hmm. through all these things. I was like, yeah, cousins is undervalued. Like so is Juju and we're trading him for like my like, quarterback six or seven. Like, okay. Like I'm in such, like it's, it pains me. Um, but I think viewing Stafford, like I, I get what you're saying. I think you have a closer gap on Stafford and cousins than I do. So I would go the, it, I would view this as the, an, an okay price to pay, an acceptable price to pay, probably because the difference between Boyd and Schuster is probably not that huge. So it ends up becoming a non-core piece that you're trading for Cousins to Stafford. So I would sort of be my calculus on it, but I don't disagree with the Cousins love. Like, yeah. I just, I need to sort of do a diatribe on the Cousins love because like, I, I agree with you. I just... <laughs> <laughs> and I like Stafford a lot too. Yeah. Like, I, I totally agree with what you're saying. I think that I the gap between them is probably like you said closer for me but mm-hmm. i don't think the gap from where we ha- where you have stafford or where i would have stafford is really all that big either it's just like a weird kind of almost middle ground like yeah. he's just a little bit further down for me yeah and and i think on the flip side of like if i were to sort of self critique i will pay i will basically do the big pay for um to move up at quarterback Right. So like I'll, I'll do a big kind of move up at quarterback. Like that's worth something to me, Um, but by way of the market, this is interesting by way of the market right now, the last uh, month Stafford going uh, with a median of three Oh three at quarterback 12. And um, according to our startup draft tracker uh, cousins is going uh, at six Oh one at quarterback 19. So there is a gap that has opened up a bit there. Um, between the two of those guys and again i would have them both higher um and i would have stafford like stafford's going behind justin fields he's going behind trevor lawrence um he's actually going behind russell wilson which is interesting um he's going behind uh trey lance um and then you get into the uh deshaun watson Dak prescott kyler lamar jackson joe burrow range of the position so um interesting still a gap and still plenty of value to get for both of those guys and honestly if that ended up being quarterback one and two it's not how i would set out to do it in a, in a startup draft but it's not the worst outcome either um all right so let's see so all right so i i asked you to come on here not for me to talk but for me to ask you questions so here we go 16 minutes in we got 14 to go um all right so tyree kill another one that's you know he was linked to juju uh we have him uh, for darnell mooney in 212 that was the most recent trade. I think this one is the, like the hardest one for me so far. Because <laughs> <laughs> I want it like, oh, I love both sides of it, honestly. Like, I really, can, I really do. I really okay. do. I think it's, it's really dependent on like the context. I'll take the Tyreek Hill side mm-hmm. because he's still the highest asset I would have ranked in the deal like by a pretty sizable margin. 
Mm-hmm. But I do love Darnell Mooney. Okay. And I'm probably a little biased towards that. The 212, I, like if the 212 was like the 203, the 204, I'd really have to think about it long. Interesting. So what's yeah. like a best case scenario for it? Because this is the beauty of these trades. Because I'll just throw people on here and have no idea like what we're going to sort of tell <laughs> them to do. It's like, oh, we're going to talk Darnell Mooney. We're going to do this on Darnell Mooney. What's the Darnell Mooney, like what's the best case scenario for Darnell Mooney? So... I don't think the best case scenario for Darnell Mooney is Tyreek Hill, obviously. Like, I don't mm-hmm. think the ceiling's that crazy. Um, and that's what kind of like dampers that side of the deal for me. Cause I think the ceiling for him is like high end wide receiver too, like both in okay. terms of the NFL and fantasy projection. Like, I think that would be his ceiling for me. I don't see it being like, you know, we're ranking Darnell Mooney as a top 12 guy next year, just especially based on the other people at the position, right? Like, it's just, doesn't seems unlikely, but if it was an earlier second round pick where I, maybe I could get a guy this year that mm-hmm. I feel really good about and has that potential to be like a legit one, like a guy like George Pickens or Chris Olave, like mm-hmm. depending on who falls in your draft and how quarterback shakes out, that would make it more appealing. But for now, Tyreek, even with the trade and Tua, who I still believe in as well. So <laughs> okay, all right, fair. I uh, I still. Uh, so let's do this one. Let's see. Let's see where this one falls. So we got Tyreek. We got Wentz. We've got 308. And then we've got Waddle, Carr, and 205. And I think this one was actually after the trade, which I, maybe I should go back and look at the calendar on that. But I'm interested in your thoughts on this one. This one's tough too, but I'll take the Waddle, Carr, 205 side. Um, so, so what's your take on Waddle versus, Car, uh, Waddle versus Tyreek? I'm going to have them so close in rankings now, I feel okay. like. Um, I haven't, just in full disclosure, I haven't really had a chance to tweak a bunch of stuff post-free agency and post-trades and everything like that. But I mean, it was bef- such a quiet period of time. How did you know? <laughs> <laughs> Where I had them pre-Hill getting traded was Tyreek Hill as wide receiver four and Jalen Waddle as wide receiver 10. Okay. Um, so I think that gap is closer than it was because I think Tyreek comes down a little bit for me, but I really love Jalen Waddle and I like Carr more than Carson Wentz. And obviously that's like the two Oh five or the three Oh eight. So right. just the gap between Tyreek and Waddle being as narrow as it is. I'll take the upgrade with the other two. Yeah. I'm so, I'm with you on that. Like it's, it's funny. You watch, you look at these trades and it's like patterns and you're like, all right, can I really pick with like a ton of confidence between these wide receivers? And I'm like, yeah, Probably not, but I yeah. darn sure can at the quarterback position, and I darn <laughs> sure can at the at the rookie picks. So let's exactly. just go that way. We have a lot of leeway to miss on the wide receivers and still not <laughs> not sink ourselves. So um, I like the con- construct of that one. All right, Brady comes back, and you could have done a lot of things for Brady along the way. Um, I think uh, you know, and we've saw people do thirds and and the like, uh, and and get him and and get a profit. I just hope he didn't cut him. Um, Brady for Matt Ryan, straight up. What's this post Matt Ryan to the Colts, by the way? Post Matt Ryan to the Colts. Yep. Post Brady retirement. Um, post Brady retirement and re, and un- re, re <laughs> whatever, activ- retirement. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Peyton had this amazing uh, quote that was like, you know, I wrote him this letter and uh, with all the things, all these nice things to say about him after he retired, and I want the damn letter back. <laughs> And the bottle of wine. And I was like, yes. fantastic. That is fantastic. <laughs> yeah. I love like these questions in general, because I always think of it like, Oh, am I buying or am I selling? Mm-hmm. Right. Because if I'm playing 
to win this year and I'm buying Tom Brady, I'll probably buy him for Matt Ryan because I think the seal, like I would trade Matt Ryan for Tom Brady. So I'll take the Tom Brady side, but I feel like I always Brady's hard because it's total team construct. It's not like you can't play the long game with how many years of Brady am I getting at this point? Sure. But last year, like coming into last year, a similar thing happened where Tom Brady in startups was getting drafted, like, you know, quarterback 20 or something like that. It was like yep. quarterback 19, quarterback 20. And I totally understand like how long will you get Tom Brady for? But last year my thought was, well, even if it's two years, right? Like even <laughs> if you get two years of Tom Brady, there hasn't really been a decline. So let's do it this year. It's still like, well, even if it's only this year, I feel pretty good that it's going to be near great, you know, if not great. So I'll take the Brady side. But I like Matt Ryan and Indy too. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. I, I, I'm with you on that. Let's test how much we like Brady because I think this one's interesting in terms of exactly what you said because it's aligning your your resources. Brady and Zeke for 203 this year and a 2023 first. And again, these are all super flex. These are right? all super flex. <sighs> Probably the picks. So Probably the picks. So I have a rule. It's, it's my general rule of thumb and I, but I like, I believe it. And this would, it, this is the one that makes it hard because if you're not getting a top 30 asset, you shouldn't do a future first on the flip side of that. I say, okay, like if I am like, if I know better, which is like, all right, if I know that I've got a good team, right. And I'm sort of a quarterback upgrade away. I know Zeke can sort of Zeke's going to probably smash the value with two Oh three. And then all of a sudden I'm not really paying a, a first I'm paying something less than a, right? It's not really yeah. a first I'm, I'm paying, yes. you know, I'm actually getting more vet, you know, yada, 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 but man, like, <laughs> like this could go real. Like if it, you have to be really careful doing this. And again, I, we go back to what we thought about before, which is like, all right, is there a period of time between now and when you need Brady for a stretch run where a, the risk of you falling out of contention is reduced and uh, maybe the risk of Brady looking like, you know, final season Peyton Manning is gone too. And you say, okay, with a little bit more confidence, that pick's not going to be 104. It's going to be, you know, 108 or later, right? Like you sort of know those things. I, I wonder if that, I guess the flip side of that and the thing you always have to be concerned with is, well, does that mean that that person will be contending with Brady? Um, I think my retort to that would be, well, can you use the first for something cheaper along the way than if you have it? You know what I mean? I right. think that you you just foreclose a whole bunch of doors and have to have to fight through one single fire, um, you know, through this one, through this, uh, you know, escape route, if you will, um, with this deal. But um, but yeah, I'm, I'm sort of it would violate all of my pick rules for that, for for sure. <laughs> um all right, couple more. So Amari Cooper is one that's fascinated me because I got laughed at for wanting a first for him. I still haven't really been able to pull a first for him post Watson deal. Um, I think I probably could try a little bit harder, um, but I was literally laughed at after he got traded before the Watson stuff. Um, so I'm interested in sort of your thoughts here. Uh, Amari Cooper for a 2023 second, excuse me, Amari Cooper for two 2023 seconds and a 2023 third hmm. the two seconds makes it interesting yep but i think that 
I'll be honest. I think I'll take Amari Cooper because I think I would want a first to deal Amari Cooper. Like, I don't, yeah, I don't think I would. Two 2023 seconds makes it exciting. Like, right. that gets you to think about it. Like, it gets me in the door. But the, it would close if it was, you know, maybe even a first and a third. But, yeah. 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 I think um, I would want a first. So I'll take the Cooper side. I'm with you. So I looked up at the, uh, I wanted to check the, um, you know, Mike. So Mike Clay is one of the people I trust about, uh, you know, about about projections and the sort of thing, especially this early on. I just wanted to take a peek and see what he had at, in terms of team passing attempts for Cleveland, because you look back last year, uh, they ranked, uh, where were they? Uh, 26 in terms of dropbacks per game. Um, so pretty, you know, on the on the uh, run heavy side, the sort of slow pacing side as well. Um, for uh, they dropped back to pass 597 times, and I'm trying to see the exact attempts they threw it 520 times. So, Mike Clay actually projected them for 534. So, that's again still a big cap on any upside for, yeah. for Cooper. So, I do think like it, it has helped his value that Watson's going there. Um, you know, Mike actually projects some fair amount of um, skepticism in terms of how many games he'll play in his in his number, and maybe that would change if Watson plays the whole season or something like that. But I do think this is still probably a cap ceiling situation. It'd be interesting to see where it goes. Um, Cooper and Van Jefferson for Amon Ross St. Brown. This one, I'll still take Cooper, but. I love Amon Ra. <laughs> like, Can you I get love... a first more easily for Amon Ra St. Brown than Amari Cooper? I bet. Because I got a first for <laughs> Amon Ra St. Brown and I can't get one for Cooper. And I, I like bet. I think they're probably close enough, but I whatever it's the people that would pay future first for things that would be more apt to pay them for yeah Amon Ra St. Brown than they would Amari Cooper. Right. I, just, I totally agree. It's just uh it's a weird situation you know they're paying for that you know the same i don't know the youth i guess um i'm st brown wide receiver 22 in our most recent uh month worth of drafts and amari cooper wide receiver 30 going about um, a little bit over a round a round and a half or so apart in drafts so not that that is disrespectful to amari cooper yeah. Why do people well, hate Amari Cooper so much? <laughs> it's just, it's always been a thing, man. It's just always been, forever. Always people been are just thing. bored with Amari Cooper. Well, this is the same thing. Like people made him super, super expensive. This is, he's on this yeah. CD lambs on the exact same track. And by the way, we've got two <laughs> minutes left. So we're, we're, okay, we're hustling all right, here. All right. no, but he's on the same track as, as CD lamb was, which was people vaulted him up too soon. And then he sort of balanced out as a wide receiver too. And then everyone sort of faded him because he's a wide receiver too. Right. That, I mean, it's a, yeah. he's the end arc of that. Right. DJ yeah. Moore, like, like these same guys are, they're out, they Brandon cooks, like they, they you know, who's the best at that, but um, all right. Cooper and Evans for Rondell Moore in a 2023 first Cooper and Evans. Yeah. I'm with yeah. you. Even though the pick that kind of violates my pick rule. Yeah. Um, the pick yeah. is nice, but Cooper and Evans, uh, yeah. I think are, you're getting fringe top 12 value in the short term out of both of them. I think I'm with you car in two Oh five for Ryan Tannehill, Amari Cooper in one Oh eight. This is all over the place in terms of valuations. <laughs> of players. All right. Wait, one more time. What was that? One? Car, Derek Carr, two Oh five uh, for Ryan Tannehill, Amari Cooper in one Oh eight. I think the car side. Okay. So you view, you would view car as a big upgrade over 
Tannehill in this. Yes, that's the difference okay. maker in that one for me. All right, got it, got it. Um, I think it's all almost entirely how you view Tannehill. <laughs> how yeah, you think about that deal. <laughs> entirely how you view Tannehill. Um, all right, we got a minute left. Watson trades. Here we go. Uh, Kyler Murray for Deshaun Watson, Nico Collins, LaVisca <laughs> Chanel, and 211. Uh, Kyler Murray. Okay. Um, yeah. yeah, I kind of view this one as Kyler Murray versus Deshaun Watson. So. Pretty much. Yeah. Um, all right. Uh, Matt Ryan, Khalil Herbert, and 102 for Watson and 305. Watson. Yeah, I'd run over my one year old to get to the computer to smash <laughs> that one. Um, 100%. <laughs> all right. <laughs> uh, by the way, I, I can't tell you, I did multiple <laughs> trades for 108 and 109 last year in rookie drafts for Watson. And it was like, they were both would have been Mac Jones. And I'm like, I'm so happy today. that I did that. <laughs> That's not an endorsement of him off the field. All right. Last one, 15 seconds. Tua, Elijah Mitchell, Terrace Marshall for Watson, McKinnon and 302. Uh, probably Watson. Watson yeah. over to uh, Elijah Mitchell, I think is nice in the short term, but you can't really trust it forever. And I'm out on Terrace Marshall. Smash it. All right. 30 minutes. Anthony, thanks for joining us until thanks next for time. Having me. Continue embracing the variants. We'll talk again very soon.